Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and myself, Bobby Maximus. And today we are here to discuss the idea of holding boundaries. And we want to tie this into our previous podcasts. We've talked about things like core values, uh, how to deal with haters, winners versus losers. But Joe, we had a talk uh, during our preparation for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And what underpins it all is the ability to hold boundaries. Like none of these things really matter if you can't hold firm in your beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're you're just kind of a pushover, you know, and there's there's a sense that you'll tolerate anything anybody throws at you. And in fact, I would say on social media, it's almost expected. There's like people who will who will say if you if you block a hater that you're just not open to any kind of criticism at all. And that doesn't mean that you have to sit there and just constantly take negative criticism from negative people. Like you can set that boundary and say, no, I expect constructive criticism because I hold the power to to block and not to block. Well, no, for sure. And you see this, I mean, you see this in even the sports world today. There was actually a big thing because I live in Utah where, uh, and the Utah Jazz, they do have a reputation as being a very racist crowd overall. Mm -hmm. In NBA circles. And that doesn't mean that everybody who goes to a jazz game is racist, but there have been a lot of racial slurs directed towards players. And there was a fan named Shane, I think it was uh, Keisel, and he directed some racial and homophobic slurs towards uh, a player, Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook exploded on him, um, told him that he would fuck him up, said that he would fuck his girlfriend up. Uh, threatened him. And and I'm not saying Russell Westbrook's behavior was right. He was mm -hmm. fined by the NBA. But at the same time, just because he's a player and just because you've paid for a ticket doesn't give you the right to put the man down, especially right. in a homophobic or a racial way. And he might have held a boundary in the wrong way. I mean, you, you probably shouldn't threaten if you're right, in a meeting right. to kill somebody, right? Yeah. But uh, I I look at the reaction, uh, you know, the NBA fined him $25,000. I, I actually wouldn't have fined him, um, maybe make him apologize for uttering a death threat or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of holding a boundary, he has every right to hold a boundary in that situation. And there became this whole sports um, media debate of is it okay to do this to players? And it's absolutely not. And it's about time they started standing up for themselves. Like I, I had no real issue with what he did well i don't think like like just the fact that he's a player in the nba shouldn't really even factor into it i mean if he was just walking down the street and this guy started yelling that it would not be okay no absolutely and he's got the right to react yeah i mean and that's the thing but people were you know like i said um I i'm not saying that threatening to kill this guy and his girlfriend is okay no no um, not at well, all. he didn't threaten to kill them he just said he would yeah. fuck them up but i mean i think that's the implication yeah but if you're going to say shit like this to somebody, you're going to get a reaction. And I think we live in a society today where people don't hold boundaries mm -hmm. and people are not used to reactions. And so people just act however the fuck they want and they feel free to say what they want, do what they want with no repercussions. And that's what setting a boundary is. It's giving somebody a repercussion. 
Right. Otherwise, people just fall back on, well, it's my right to free speech. Well, listen, <laughs> that's not what the right to free speech is about. Like, you can say what you want to say, but other people are, are also free to react to what you say in their own way. And and it's exactly that, is if you think that you can speak without any repercussion or any fallback from the negative stuff that you say, you are sorely mistaken. But we built that as a society. I mean, there are numerous examples that I've I've been out in public and seen uh, you know, at the Target store uh, in particular, a few years ago, there was a woman who was just berating a girl at the customer service desk. Mm. Just rude. And the customer service desk person has got to be nice because that's their job. Right. Everyone standing around didn't do anything to try and like call this lady out on her bad behavior. And you know what? She's probably done this a million times. Oh, yeah, because she's usually gets her way, right? Yep. And sometimes you'll see these things. Somebody on social media posted, uh, I think it was actually Michael Rappaport, posted yesterday a woman uh, who was a school teacher who just went off in public, mm -hmm. just acting like a lunatic, swearing, yelling at people, just a rude, obnoxious person. And he posted her and said, this is a school teacher in this district, just so you know who's in charge of your kids. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious because this person kind of got served up what they deserve. But there were people who made comments on his Instagram like it's unfair for you to post this person. Well, what did you think was going to happen when you behaved like this? Yeah, in, in public. In public. I expect that any behavior that I exhibit in public is fair game to display on any social media channel, YouTube, the news. Like if you didn't like it, don't behave like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. And especially in this day and age where things that you put on on social media 10 years ago can come back to haunt you. Yep. Like yeah, if it's if it's out there, it's fair game. Well, and you get this group of people that are sympathizers, right? Like, oh, well that's unfair to hold something against somebody for yeah. something that happened 10 years ago. Well, how would you feel? I'm going to babysit Jojo for a day and your daughter who you love more than anything in the world, right. and I'll babysit Max too cuz you love him too. <laughs> um, but uh, how would you feel if I was going to babysit them and then, you know, it was brought to your attention that 10 years ago on my Twitter, I was making jokes about kitty porn or making jokes about beating kids or 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 something like that. Like you would have a real problem yeah. with me being in a room with them. Yeah, it changes the dynamic for sure. And I can't just fall. Well, that was so 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Well, like yeah. that's the kind of thing that doesn't really ever go away. Like if you murdered somebody, you're kind of always a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't you don't lose that stain off you. Yeah. You know, um, if you did something horrible 10 years ago, it doesn't just go away. And it would absolutely 100 percent change the way you viewed me if you found out something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Which, I mean, you'd I'd be reevaluating a lot about our relationship for sure. Well, that's that's exactly <laughs> it. And I'm fortunate I haven't engaged in that type behavior. Um, but you enforcing that would be holding a boundary. And I, I then, because we're in this society, then would cry foul. How mm -hmm. unfair you're being, how judgmental you are, you yeah. know? And what's interesting about that is the boundary that you would hold against somebody else is the same boundary they would want to keep. Yeah. Like they'll criticize you for putting a boundary on them, but they would want to enforce that boundary on somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost always that way, right? The, the rules are only fair when they're fair in my favor. Exactly. And so when we talk about boundaries and, and where this is going to be useful for people, we came up with some scenarios uh, for, for everyone listening. Have you ever accepted a job that you didn't want to do? Have you ever put up with a negative behavior from a boss, a friend, a significant other, maybe your children? 
right? Have you ever been in a situation where you are not happy with the way you're being treated or what's happening to you, but yet you're willing to let it happen? And the main example, and and we're not going to name names here, but you went through a business situation, Joe, not long ago, right? That was, uh, I I was going to say fairly difficult for you, but we talked about it. A lot of the behavior that was, uh, thrown your way in a way you allowed to happen. Yeah. So try to, try to, to, to keep it as simple as possible. Like I was in a, in a position where I was basically working for free. Like I had, I had let go of the reins of my business and it was in good faith. Uh, there were plans in place that I was agreed to before everything had, had taken place. And so it's like, okay, now is the time when we, we just have to put the pedal to the metal and do the work. And after about a month, um, I realized that there still was no, no indication that at any point I was going to receive compensation for the work that I was doing. At no point was was the work that I had already put in going to bear fruit for me. And I was called in on a kind of a, a last minute situation to try to fix a problem, right? I had to, had to put out a big fire. And it just dawned on me that I had no clue what I was even doing anymore. Like the whole game had changed. But by the time I realized that, it was just the expectation that no matter what was asked, I would do it. And so it was very difficult for me to to then backpedal. And pretty much the instant that I put my foot down and I threw a boundary up about this, I was out. Yeah, the person didn't like the boundary. Didn't and like the, reality the boundary was, at all. Yeah. I was telling you behind the scenes that you're just going to keep working for free. I mean, we'd had that talk a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Nothing's going to change. But because of some of your core values, you – and it's one of the things I love about you. <laughs> you want to believe in the good nature of people. Uh-huh. You've always given people the benefit of the doubt. And we would talk and I'm like, Joe, five, six, seven, eight times. How many times does this need to happen before you kind of put your foot down and set mm-hmm. that boundary? Mm-hmm. And it was funny because it was only when you set that boundary that you saw who – that other person really was. Yeah. And then because from then on, because it, it, it stand. no, it, it got comical after that. I mean, it was like ridiculous. And even, even after we had decided to go separate ways, uh, the, the other person in this scenario continued to drag it out at every turn, at yep. every turn. It was a constant power play of like, no, you have to do what I tell you to do. And it was like, I made it very clear that I would not be doing that anymore. This has nothing to do with me. And so it, it, it was a pretty rough, a rough breakup, if you want to call it that. Well, and this is why, and the reason I wanted to share the story with people is this is why people have a hard time setting boundaries because they don't want to deal with confrontation mm-hmm. and they don't want to deal with negativity. But the ironic thing is you dealt with far less negativity setting that boundary yeah. than you were when you were in the position where you're basically taking shit all the time. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, either way, you're going to have to put up with a little bit of of bullshit, I think, when you do set a boundary. But it's far easier to set the boundary and stick to it than than not. And And what happens as time goes by, it gets easier and easier to hold that boundary. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's 100% accurate. And on the flip side, if you try to set a boundary and then you completely back down, you can never set a boundary again. It's like no, that now it's broken. There's no no limit to what the other person can do. Yeah, it's kind of like being a dad, right? Yeah. And, and, and not to call people children, but it's funny. Yeah. With with Landon, you know, my, my 10-year-old son, we do this game where it's like, hey, I'm going to count to three. And he has no idea what happens when I count down from three, right. like three, two, and at one, he is running to do whatever I asked Yeah, because he is terrified of what's going to happen. Yeah. 
if I get to zero, you know? Um, but it's funny. If he lets me get to zero and nothing happens, I can never use that tactic again. Right. Yeah. He's going to be like, Dad, you count to three all the time. Nothing mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, JoJo has right? figured that out. <laughs> yep. It's like, nope, I'm good. Just keep counting. And that's, I mean, that's what it's like to set a boundary. Yeah. And one of the important things about setting a boundary, really, you're not doing it. I mean, here's the thing. People think and and, and they feel like they're victims when a boundary set on them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have that asshole uncle or that asshole aunt. You have that boss that's just a jerk to you. Uh, you break up with somebody because they treat you bad. They feel like the victim. Right. Like you've done something to them. But I want to make it clear when you set a boundary, you're not doing it to hurt somebody or punish somebody else. You're doing it to protect your own emotional well-being. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's and I'd say it's okay to do that. You don't have to take shit from people. No, there's nothing about your life or your job or your relationship that says you have to get shit on by somebody right or by a situation and when we talk about protecting yourself there's a quote that we were talking about earlier imagine someone stole ten dollars from you Mm -hmm. would you give them another eighty six thousand three hundred and (laughs) ninety dollars hell no no like you'd be done with them right you know stealing is a surefire way to end a friendship yes but that's what happens every day to people. Someone says something to you or hurts your feelings or acts out of place. And that 10 second confrontation or that 10 second interaction ruins the other 86,390 seconds of your day. Yep. Sometimes not even a day. Sometimes weeks go by. Right. And you're bothered by a person's pain. Or we talked about our last podcast. Sometimes it's 10 years later and you're lying awake trying to go to sleep and something's running through your mind from 10 years ago. There it is. Upset about something somebody did to you or said to you. Yeah. So there are areas, you know, where we talk about boundaries, I think, um, uh, more than others. Right. So the first one. Uh, I would say the first area that I think boundaries become an issue or people have a hard time holding a boundary is when it comes to fitness. Yes. We live, let's face it, in an unfit world. Right. Very. I'm, I'm shocked at, at – actually, I live in a bubble because you're, <laughs> an ex, you're an extremely fit person. I'm an extremely fit person. My wife's a fit person. All my friends are fit people. I really don't have a concept of what the real world's like until I go to the mall. Mm-hmm. And then I see how the rest of the world lives. Or right, I tell like, you, wow. when, when when I went and lived in Korea for 14 months and then I came home and I actually just went to Walmart and like, wow, what a difference. I mean, talk yeah, about culture are, shock. It's very, very odd. Oh, for sure. And there are so many people that are out of shape and they don't like that they're out of shape. I mean, here's the thing. No one really, we talked about this the last podcast, no one has a plan to be like fat, lazy, and stupid, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, it's something that kind of happens to you and you're never happy about it, but you're not willing to do the work to improve yourself. Right. I, I, I had this thought after we talked about that, I had this thought that like kind of your default setting is failure, right? Like your default yes. setting is sort of fat, lazy, and stupid and angry and bitter. And unless you do something about that, that's where you're going to end up. Well, exactly. But you, you, you aren't willing to do most people mm-hmm. aren't willing to do something about it, but then they blame others and try to drag others down into their misery. Yeah, yeah. Right? So when you find that you start getting involved in fitness or you've been involved in fitness for years, you've dealt with this and you know what we're talking about, people don't like to see you train and prioritize your own self-care. 
Right, right. I mean, how many times have I been chastised for working out? Bobby, like it's Bobby, some horrible you're, thing. You're obsessed. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed because I train. Well, I, I mean, I might, I might be obsessed. I'm one of those people. But, <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Um, you know, but for most people, like really training an hour a day, maybe even just three days a week, that makes me obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And and people don't like it. Meanwhile, that person who's calling the other person obsessed watches four hours of TV a day. Yeah, did, or you see, spends... did, you see, did you see Game of Thrones? Did you see Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So you're you're not obsessed with the TV, but I'm obsessed with training. Yeah. And yeah. people will try to circumvent your training. This, this would happen to me sometimes with family. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, my uncle could be asleep on the couch. Um, my mom could be having a nap. And my brother could be playing video games on Christmas Day. If I go to work out for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I, I'm narcissistic. I'm vain. Like I, I can't get a 20-minute workout in. Well, you're sleeping on the couch. Right. If I happen to go work out, that really bothers you. Yeah. Well, and I would say it does because it reminds them that they didn't think to get up and go work out, right? Happens on vacation all the time. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you, Joe, to go out and drink at night. It's okay for you to sleep until 10 o'clock. But if I want to wake up early and go work out, you've now got to lecture me. Yeah, yeah. Nicole, man, you really have to work out we're, on vacation. We're, we're here to relax, not to work out. Come on. Yeah, exactly. And this happens and people don't like it. I've seen it happen in couples and we talked about this. I can't remember the podcast we've done. I want to say a lot of them now. I guess we're only on, I, I don't even know what we've this, done is. A, this is. Even dozen, yeah. But, um, you know, you see it in couples where – a couple lets themselves get unfit over over 10 years or 15 years and then one person wants to get fit and, and the husband or wife has a major issue with it. Yeah, yeah. Why are you spending so much time at the gym? Three hours a week, right? Yep. But that that other person can go to their friend's house for game night. Mm-hmm. That other person can go to a movie. That other person go drink on a Thursday night. Totally okay. Yeah, yeah. You can't have time to work out. And Keeping your fitness routine is about holding those boundaries. Yeah, because once you break it, it's breakable. And if it's breakable, then nobody's going to respect the boundary. That's exactly it. One of the number one pieces of advice that I give people trying to get into a fitness routine are set yourself a workout time, four to five in the afternoon, six to seven at night, six to seven in the morning, and make it non-negotiable. Yeah. You treat it like a job. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, I tell people, treat it like you paid for it. You know, because especially if you are like paying a private trainer, you're going to be there on time because they're going to charge you whether you show up or not. So you're going to be there or they don't charge you. And then you start skipping all the time because again, now it's it's forced a boundary because it's breakable. And it was really funny when it comes to fitness, people don't respect it. I mean, a lot of you guys know that my job for a lot of years was a professional fighter. Mm hmm. And believe me, I had a lot of friends and a lot of girlfriends that, oh, well, you're just going to train. You don't have to. You can skip it. No, this is my job. Yeah. Like someone's trying to murder me in a cage in two months. I can't just skip my training session because you think it's okay. And if I was a banker or I worked on Wall Street or I was a lawyer, you would never ask me to leave the office. Yeah. No, 12 hour days. You're just dedicated to your job, right? Exactly. But because my job happens to be training, you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Nope. Not not doing it. And I learned through through with dating girls or through with friends that if I would break it once, they expected me to break it all the time. Yeah, exactly what you said, because they knew it was like not serious at that point. Yep. So, no, it was just non 
negotiable. Even if I thought I could, I wouldn't out of principle because you do it once. Exactly. People expect. The next area we see this is nutrition. And how many times have you been at a table at some stupid dinner, <laughs> like a team gathering event? Because uh-huh. I know you've been involved in a bunch of different jobs and gyms and organizations or after a seminar, you guys all go out for dinner and you're the only one who doesn't order dessert. Yep. What? Like, what a jerk, Joe. <laughs> you are so selfish. How dare you not eat dessert with we're, us? We're here to celebrate. Cut loose. You don't exactly. have to diet all the time. You know, or at work, it's, it's who, what name did you mention today? Karen. I think Karen. It was, uh, it's Karen's Karen. birthday. It's Karen's Karen, Karen from accounting. It's her birthday. So everybody has to have cake. Yeah, and if you don't have cake, you have ruined Karen's life. Yep, absolutely. But absolutely. this happens. I mean, and, and, I, had, I and, and then I, I got, I got, I get this one. Of all the people here who need to watch what they eat, you are not the one. So why don't you just go ahead and have some cake? Exactly. And the funny thing is, is I had a person say to me once, you know, it's just not fun to eat dessert by myself. Mm. Why not? Like, did, did, does it really impact the taste of your dessert if I'm not eating it? <laughs> Like, does it make that difficult for you? Well, I would and, say then, like, clearly the dessert is not the desired result here, right? So skip well, the dessert and let's just spend time together. Like, <laughs> No. Or like eating alone. And you'll hear this from girls a lot. Like, well, I don't like eating alone. Why not? I don't like to be the only one at a table eating. Well, what if you're hungry? Why do you care? Yeah. It's something I don't understand. And then they asked me, well, if you went out for dinner with Joe and he just sat there and, and watched you eat, you wouldn't feel weird? Nope. I'd be happy I had some company. Mm-hmm. Like someone to talk to so I didn't have to eat alone. And, and maybe that's like a dude thing because I'd be like, oh, you're not hungry? Cool, I am. Yeah, but Great. it doesn't bother eat. me. Yeah. You know, I might I might make fun of you for being skinny or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bug me. But this happens all the time. And this is why people break their diet because they won't hold that boundary. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you want a piece of cake? No, I don't. Well, and then again, once you've broken the diet boundary, guess what? It's, it's breakable now. Now the next time, it's, next time it's eight o'clock at night and you want to eat some chocolate. Oh, why not? I already had a piece of cake, right? Yep. And again, you can never back down on it because people know that you're not serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times are you going to tell me you're serious about your diet and then cheat in front of me? Right. Yeah. Like I just don't respect it at that point. Mm-hmm. Drinking, and this is probably the biggest one because there is a lot of societal pressure to drink. Yes. In, in, it, and if you, work, if you and I say if you don't believe us, try quitting for a while and just see. You'll lose all kinds of friends. Yeah, is what happens. I mean, I've had people go on 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 thirty day sobriety experiments and things like that, and I'm like, well, what was the main thing you noticed? I lost a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Well, they weren't your friends to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, if that's what's going to make them your friend or not your friend, drinking, you need to reevaluate the people that you have in your life. And remember, we're not but we're not like totalitarians here. We're not teetotaling. Like I drank, I know I, Bobby and I have had drinks together, but there, there is something to that of that, of there's this pressure when people Absolutely. get together. Like if you're the one and it's like, Hey, do you want to have a drink? And you're like, no, I'm good. There's something wrong with you. Well, it's, it's really funny. Cause again, back to my professional fighting days, when I was in the UFC, I rarely ever drank because mm-hmm. I was training to fight. I wanted to be at the top of my game. Yeah. Would I have a drink every now and then? Absolutely. I'm not an abstainer, right? but I rarely drank. And more often than not, someone say, hey, you know, Bobby, you want a drink? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's wrong with you? Do you have a problem? <laughs> Define problem. What do you mean? And it would be like, if I didn't want to drink, someone would assume that I had a problem with alcohol, that I was an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. And I would explain to them, no, I don't have a problem. I'm not an alcoholic. 
I fight professionally. I'm not having a drink. Well, will one, will one really hurt you? Yes, it will. I'm trying to be the best of the world. I'm not drinking. Well, can't you just have one? Like you'll have so much more fun if you have a drink. Right. You know, and I would actually start to get aggressive with people. Like I I couldn't stand it. Like you're not respecting my space and you keep putting the shit on me. But the one thing I learned with this to hold a boundary is you have to stay firm and you can't make excuses. Right. And I'll see this with drinking where people will say, well, I have, you know, why don't you want to drink Joe? And you'll say, because I have to drive. All you've done now is given me a problem to solve. Yeah. Solve the problem and eliminate the excuse. You know, because they take you at face value. Yeah. So then I say, well, Joe, I'll drive you to, you know, I'll, I'll drive you where you need to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll just get an Uber. And then you're like, well, I I still don't want to drink. Why not? I solved your driving problem. Well, I have to, I have to work tomorrow. Well, actually, Joe, I'm your boss. You don't have to work tomorrow. We'll, we'll cancel the podcast. Have a drink with me. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, no, like I'm on a, I'm on a transformation. I, oh, you're good, Joe. I mean, <laughs> this is what happens. And rather than just saying, no, you don't owe anybody an explanation. No, not at all. If you don't want to drink, you don't have to have one. And, you know, I suppose, and we talked about this today, I suppose when it comes to setting boundaries, you owe somebody an explanation if you're doing something wrong. Right. Like if Megan says, hey, Joe, are you going to come to JoJo's uh, Irish dance recital tomorrow? <laughs> um, and and you're laughing, but I, I feel like that's a real thing. Um if, if and, says, and, and I just feel like I need to tell people, yes, my daughter is an Irish dance. Right? Yes, fair <laughs> enough. But if you, if you, if you, Megan says you want to come to this recital and you say no, I mean, yeah, okay, Megan's got a right to question you. Like, yeah, Joe, yeah. are you dedicated to your daughter? Like, what are you doing that's more important? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to drinking or what food you eat, that's nobody else's business. You're not doing anything to hurt anybody. No. You don't owe anybody an explanation. So why give them one? Right. Because the minute you start making excuses, like I said, you give them problems to solve and it weakens your position from an argument standpoint. Right. Relationships is another area, how you're treated and what you tolerate. And I have met so many people that they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, they cheated on me, but they've changed. <laughs> what? And then and then they cheated on me again. But they, they, they promised they wouldn't do it again. Uh huh. Like, do you, do you listen to yourself? Someone only does that once, Mm -hmm. right? Someone only hits you once. Someone only throws you down a flight of stairs once. Someone only verbally abuses you once. If you keep allowing that to happen in a way, I don't want to say you're asking for the behavior because nobody asks for that, but you've allowed them to, to behave like that. Because you always have the option and you know what that option is to leave. And and I get like it's hard, right? Like it's not just black and white. No, but that's like that's not acceptable. There has to be a consequence for that behavior. And if there's no consequence, then there's no change. No, and it's going to keep happening. And Mm -hmm. I get it when the heart's involved. There's that saying the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. But I've had friends that have been shitty relationships for three years. Yeah. And the person keeps doing the same thing to them over and over again that's causing them pain. Leave. Yeah, and it's it's not even like romantic relationships, but even just among friends, you know? Yes. I, I, I'm sure everybody can name, you know, that one friend in their group that's kind of an asshole, but everybody continues to make excuses for him. Yep. And and it's just, it's just Joe. I'm going to make you the asshole, Joe. It's just <laughs> Joe being Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Since, no, no, no. It's not Joe being Joe. Joe is an asshole. Let's uh-huh. call it what it is. And people will make all kinds of excuses for them. Well, they have Asperger's. They're, they have, they're like on a spectrum of autism. Yeah. And, yeah. and my question is, and that's very real stuff. I'm uh-huh. not trying to make light of it. But my question is, when were they diagnosed? Yeah. Yeah. Are they on medication? When did you finish your master's in psychology and, and, and gain the ability to diagnose this person? Yeah, all, yeah, just <laughs> on the on the fly, you know, just based on conversations, not in a clinical setting. And you're doing that because you're unwilling to make a boundary, and you have to like you have to make an an admission or an excuse for the behavior. Well, I, I think part of that too is just that fear of confrontation, right? Yep. So I'm I'm in the lovely state of Minnesota. Uh, and here we have a, a phrase called Minnesota nice and Minnesota nice is a, a pretty cool phrase because it both refers to just sort of that like Midwestern. We're just kind of nice folk. Like you get on the bus, somebody's probably going to smile at you in Minnesota. That's just kind of how it is. Minnesota nice. But there's a flip side to that, which is it's all kind of, uh, uh an effort to avoid any kind of confrontation whatsoever. So the example that I like to give that explains this is if, uh, a guy is wearing like a really gaudy, ugly white shirt, and he walks up to a guy from Minnesota and says, hey, what do you think of my shirt? The guy from Minnesota is going to say, oh, it's great. This is awesome. That's the coolest shirt I ever saw. If you ask somebody from Brooklyn, they'll say that's the ugliest fucking shirt I ever saw in my life. There's like no beating around the bush. So in Minnesota, nice, it's just like we're just going to tell you what we think you want to hear so that you'll go away and like leave us alone kind of a thing. And I feel like that is, again, a way to avoid setting a boundary. And you end up in relationships with people who you were just kind of being nice to because you just really didn't want to hurt their feelings or, or, or have a confrontation about whatever it is that they were bringing up. And now you're surrounded with all of these people that you don't really like, you don't really want to spend time with, and you're kind of becoming a pushover. But here's my issue with that. I like being Minnesota nice when it comes to a shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? Right. I, I like being Minnesota nice when it comes to somebody's taste in music. Sure. But when it comes to someone's poor behavior or treatment of me, I don't give a shit if I hurt their feelings. Like well, this, this, shirt- is, this is Roadhouse, Bobby, right? It's time to be nice until it's time not to be nice. Exactly. And in, in your in your and, and that's a great phrase because you don't have to be nice all the time, especially when it's infringing on your emotional health and well-being. Yes. Listen, whatever you play Dungeons and Dragons on Friday night doesn't yep. hurt me. Mm-hmm. You, you can ask me what I think about it. And I'm going to say, Joe, you're the biggest nerd in the world. <laughs> and you're going to say, well, Bobby, you play Magic Gathering. You're actually the lowest of the low. Yeah. But it, it doesn't affect me. What shirt you wear doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. What school you put Jojo in doesn't affect me. You getting drunk and slapping my kid fucking yeah. affects me. Yeah. Like that's something I don't have to worry about what I say to you. Mm-hmm. That's not the time to be Minnesota nice. Right. And that's the problem. We get this confused. We're so used to just – well, actually, I shouldn't even say confused because people aren't nice. They're assholes. Like they say shit on social media to people all the time. Yeah. They yeah. say nasty things to people. They say nasty things behind their back. Um, it's not even being nice. It's about avoiding that confrontation. But if you want someone's behavior of you to change, unfortunately, you have to get involved in some kind of confrontation. Yeah. And it's not always a bad thing. You know, it's like nope. it doesn't always have to be in a negative light. Sometimes that confrontation just means I'm putting my foot down about this. And and, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about like the steps to making that happen. 
Um, but the other area that we wanted to, to go into was just work. Because here's a situation where you have an employer, you have your, your boss, there's a hierarchy of power. And the boss comes by and says, you know, hey, I need you to come in on Saturday. And maybe that's not your responsibility. Maybe that's not in your job. But like you're in this position where now you ha- kind of have to balance that and, and say, well, I mean, am I vying for promotion? Does the guy who stays late? I mean, do they always get a promotion? Like, you might just end up taking on a bunch of work and and having all of this stuff dumped on your desk because you're the only person who wouldn't stand up and say no. Well, yeah, and then you're missing time with your family. Mm-hmm. You're missing a football game you promised your son you would go to. And then you start you're feeling time with your wife. You're, you're feeling taken advantage of. You're not happy with the job anymore, and now you're in that soul sucking position and and questioning your life. You feel resentful, mm-hmm. right? That's a big issue that people uh, I have. Was, I was a prison guard, and uh, we were union. And it's I, I, I make fun of the union these days because they were really, really lazy. I mean, they were ridiculously lazy. But the one thing they got right was that there were very clear boundaries. Yep. If a captain came by and asked one of the blue shirts, which is what we called the union members, asked a blue shirt to do something that wasn't in his posted job description, nope, it's not my job description. Not going to do it. Like, hey, can you help me out? Nope. I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to call the union rep. <laughs> You know, and and it's funny because what this leads to, and we were talking about this a little bit, was sometimes you say yes because you think it's really important to the person asking. Yeah. You you assume that they're asking you because, Joe, you're the only man that could do it. Right. You just happen to be the first person they asked that day Mm -hmm. because you're the first person they see in the office. Yeah, yeah. You also might assume that there's a consequence if you say no. Yeah, and that's an assumed but, consequence. There might not even be one there. There might not be one, and you could just say no, and the person would be like, okay, cool. Because I really feel that any boss that's worth anything would understand it, Joe, if you said, JoJo has a big event on Saturday, my daughter, that I can't miss. I promised her for months that I'd be there. What kind yeah. of boss would hold that against you? Yeah. He might be the first person to say, of course, you're right. Go with your daughter. Mm -hmm. But no, you will skip that thing and you will live a life of resentment. And this happens all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So we we want you guys to think about where a lot of your emotional pain comes from, from people, work, your lack of progress in your fitness program, uh, your social relationships, you know, that probably revolve around drinking, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Start examining the fact that maybe it's because you didn't hold boundaries, that you've set this up yourself. We, we, we say all the time, nothing just happens to somebody. You let it happen. Yeah. And that's the reality. You allow yourself to be treated a certain way. You allow yourself to be walked over. And listen, I'm not going to try to tell you guys that I haven't been in that position because I have been the person that's been walked over. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to decide if it's worth it or not, right? Yeah. Um, we're not telling you to just get rid of every single person in your life that looks at you funny. Yeah. That's not realistic. You might have to deal with some family sometimes. But just because a person's family, and this is like a perfect lead in, I think, to teaching people how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just because a person is family doesn't mean you have to put up with their shit. Right. Like if you have an uncle that comes over for dinner every Sunday, Joe, and gets drunk and trashes your house, you don't have to let them in your house right. just because they're your uncle. Right. Unfortunately, that happens all too much. Happens in abusive relationships and family can really take advantage of you. You know, I've seen it. I come from a fairly good family. Yeah. But there are people who take advantage of others. And I've seen it with other families. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think so, about I think about like the around Thanksgiving. There's all kinds of jokes about drunk uncles or you know that that cousin who won't get off of politics. You know, and it's like you, you don't have to invite them over. You just you don't have to. Okay? You could also tell them I don't want to talk about this. Uh huh. Okay, I don't I don't I don't want to talk about politics. I'm you, sorry. You don't have to have alcohol in your house if that's the problem nope. too, right? Nope. And I also because I, I promise you, if your drunk uncle shows up and there's nothing to drink, he'll probably just leave. Well, they'll self-select out, right? Yeah. I also don't have to tolerate your behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's here's a good example. I'm okay with the swearing. Don't get me wrong. I swear mm-hmm. around my kids mm-hmm. all the time. Don't judge. I I, I live in a gym. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of people that swear. It's like I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if I didn't want swearing around my kids and you swear, I have every right to remove you. Yeah. From my house or my gym. You've broken my rules in my house and I'm mm-hmm. going to hold that boundary. I also have a right to be treated well. Yeah. Like if, if, if you're going to, if one of my family members is going to insult my wife, I can put an end to that. If they're going to insult my kids, I can put an end to that. I'm not being a bad person. So that brings us to how do you hold a boundary? And there's a series of steps that we came up with. Number one, Think about what you want and what you need. I mean, I think this is a crucial part because a lot of times we really don't know what we want. Well, and and sometimes you you get a sense that, okay, I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I feel like I need to sort of put my foot down about it. Take 10 seconds and say, what am I not getting out of this situation that I do need? Yes. Or what's bothering me about the situation? Yeah, just just like, take what? the time. Sit sit for a minute and just wrap your mind around it and say, you know, th- this is what's bothering me. And this is why I don't want to do it and why I don't think I should continue. Like, this is why there needs to be a boundary. If you can identify that thing, it's a, like way easier to enforce that boundary when it's well-defined. Yeah, my, uh, my wife, Lisa, always talks about how there's no such emotion as anger. Right. Mm. And, and, and I kind of like I didn't understand at first because I'm like, no, I I feel angry all the time. Angry is like a real thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, ask the Hulk. Don't yeah. get the Hulk angry. <laughs> but her point is anger comes from somewhere. Right. Right. It, it, the real emotion manifests itself as anger. Yeah. So why are you angry? Is it because your feelings are hurt? Mm-hmm. Is it because you feel undervalued? Is it because you feel resentful? Disrespected disrespected like anger is the is the what comes out Mm -hmm. but what you have to do is take a step back and examine what do i really need out of this situation what fixes this for me Mm -hmm. so then you have to be convicted no budging cannot give an inch not an inch it's the drinking thing right yep you can't just have a sip you can't just have one uh no you have to be convicted and you can't budge and this is especially easy to do and this is where that first point again becomes so important because when you're not doing anything wrong it's easier to to have conviction yeah right like it's hard for you to stand on your own two feet skipping your daughter's recital that's really important to her yeah yeah it, it's it's hard for you to skip your wife's birthday mm-hmm. it's hard for you to skip your kid's birthday it's hard for you to welch out on a commitment you've made. Yeah. Like, hey, Bobby, I I just don't want to do a podcast this week. Well, no, Joe, you made a commitment. Like, you're not being a good person. Mm -hmm. Those are are hard things to be, especially if you're a good person to be convicted about, right? Yeah, yeah. But if it's something like the food you're eating, drinking, 
exercise or something where you're clearly not doing anything wrong. In fact, you're only looking after your own self-care. I think it's very easy to stand your ground once you realize that. Yeah, you have to realize it. You know, you can't just I, I always say like you have to have an emotional element to the decisions that you make. So it, I want to be on a diet. If you don't have some kind of emotional tie into that, then yep. it's kind of wishy-washy. Why are you on a diet? Well, because I kind of want to look good in a bathing suit, whatever. When, you, when you're like, no, I, I need to look good because I need to model good behavior for my children growing up. Because yes. I've, I've watched my, my parents' health fade. I've watched you know elderly couples that I know. I've watched their health fade, and I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my kids. Now I've decided I'm going to eat a certain way. I'm going to watch what I'm eating, so no, I'm not having dessert is way more powerful than I'm on a diet, you know? Well, and, and by the way, what you just said is an extremely beautiful sentiment, and I wish more people felt like that. You don't have to explain that to anybody. No, not at all. Yeah, and that's, that's, you, that's actually the, 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 the third point is to communicate the boundary and don't give any excuses about it. Yes, be direct. Mm -hmm. And don't feel like you have to, you have to like explain yourself. No. So, so the drinking thing, cause it's the lowest hanging fruit, right? Yep. Why don't you want to drink? Well, I got to drive. No, just say no, that I don't want to drink. You don't have to go there and make up an excuse. Yeah. You just don't. You also don't have to excuse other people's poor behavior. Mm -hmm. We were, we were talking today about, um, and, and these podcasts are obviously, we release them a week later after we record them, uh, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, depending, you know, how our timeline is, mm -hmm. but we put up a quote on, on podcast, uh, 11 about how we were going to trigger some people because we say if you <laughs> cheat on your wife you're a, you're a shithead right like yeah. you're a bad person if you cheat on your husband you're a bad person if you're the other woman or the other man and you're a homewrecker you're a bad fucking person yeah i would love to hear someone argue with me <laughs> that that's appropriate behavior like you you made a comment you're like wow we're gonna get some comments for this one well i would love to hear you make a comment about it yeah like what are you justifying cheating yeah. no you could always leave are you justifying being the other woman? Listen, you little homewrecker. Uh -huh. Would you like someone to go after your husband? Yeah. You yeah. think that behavior is okay? And even the person that's engaging in that shitty behavior will admit that it's wrong. Yeah. So there are certain universal things you don't need to give excuses for. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to like make some excuse about why I want to spend time with my wife and kids. And, and no means no. You know what it's exactly. like, Do you want to drink? No. Why not? Because I yep. said no. That's all I need to say. We don't have to go into that. That's it. I don't have to explain anything to you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't I don't need your garbage. It's just no. Yeah, right. You, you want to drink? You drink. I don't want to drink. Thank you. Moving on. And the and the firmer you are on your moral ground and, and to relate back to core values, the more secure you are in your core values. Yeah. The the, the more you don't have to explain anything. Like I said, I don't have to justify kind of like the old example of when your friends try to peer pressure you into stealing. Mm -hmm. Come on, Joe, just take a candy bar. No, stealing's wrong. You can't justify this. And that's the next thing. You have to survive the test because when your friends are engaged in bad behavior or when your friends are pressuring you to do something and you say no, they do not like boundaries. And they want so they, to test you. Oh, yeah. They will call you names. I'm, I'm having a vision of what is that uh, uh, Jurassic World where the yep. the raptors want to test the fence. That's what your friends do when you put up a boundary. Yeah, exactly. I love that <laughs> example. Like, come on, man. Just do it. You're not part of the team. Yeah. You're yeah. being a baby. Really? 
Like you're you're trying to pressure me into do something bad. Yeah. Come on. Like I can survive that test. I'm and you know what? You know who it hurts if you don't survive the test? It doesn't hurt the other people. It hurts you because you're the person that has to live with that guilt. Well, yeah, and then again, that barrier is broken. And so the next time you try to put your foot down, it's no go. They already know that they can beat you. You've already engaged in the bad behavior, Mm -hmm. and and you're going down that road again. So that brings us to the fifth thing. You have to give the people consequences. Yeah, because again, no no consequences, no change of behavior. If you are going to keep asking me to do this, I am not going to hang out with you anymore. Just be warned if you're going to throw an ultimatum down there, if you're going to give somebody a consequence, you have to stick to it. Because again, if you don't, then it's broken and that barrier means nothing. Exactly. I actually saw on uh, on Facebook, it's, it, it, was a, it was a series of text messages between a, a guy and a girl in a relationship. And the girl's like, don't call me anymore. I never want to speak to you again. And then a week later, she's like, can you call me, please? So, oh, that, that doesn't okay, – wait, 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 wait a second. I, I, I don't – like if you're going to tell somebody not to call you anymore, you never want to speak to them again, you can't ever speak to them again. Yeah. Right? If someone does something to you that's hurtful and you put an end to it by saying this relationship's over, you can't find yourself in their bed a week from then. Mm-hmm. You can't, you have to hold that boundary. And I use the relationship example because I'm sure we've all been there where somebody's done something, we've broken up with them or we've set a boundary and then we renege on it a week later. But you can't do that. You have to be convicted. And the more times you don't enforce a consequence, the weaker and weaker your position gets. Like I, I, I get it. There is that Joe idea of forgiveness, right? Right. You, I, I, I believe in giving people a second chance. Like what happens if it's a seventh, eighth or ninth or 10th chance? Like at what point do you just give up? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's a, an argument to be said about giving a second chance, but not a third, right? Not a third. And what, again, what that, the... that's, that would be an example of having a boundary of saying, you know what? You've done this to me twice and I can forgive it once, but this is the second time I'm out. Yeah, there's a phrase for that. Fool me once, shame on you. I got to get this right. Fool me twice. <laughs> okay, George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fool, me, fool me twice, shame on me. But that's a real thing. Is that is that what it is? <laughs> yes, but your delivery could not have been more perfect. That was great. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> fool, fool me. You, you, you can't fool me again. I know people have heard this from George W. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? And it, and it is so true. Fool me once, shame on you, but you do it to me twice. That's my fault now. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Because now at some point I have to have that consequence. So hold the consequence and don't be scared to. Even if people's feelings are hurt by it, you're not doing it to punish them again. Right. You're doing it to hold your boundaries. And I kind of want to wrap up um, because, you know, hopefully we can get this thing in an hour, but we might be pressed for time. <laughs> One one of the one of the areas that brings this kind of behavior to light, and we were talking about this and laughing, is funerals and death. Oh yes, yes. Go to a funeral, and you could go to a funeral for a person that is an abusive, alcoholic asshole that treated everyone in their life like shit. And what do people do? What an amazing man! He worked so hard. He loved his family. What the actual hell? is going on here. Yeah, yeah. Like, did like, you like, know this guy? <laughs> did you know this guy? And it's one of those things where no one's willing to speak ill of the person. Like, nope, they were a pretty shitty person. Let's call it what it is. And the reason I bring that up is it because 
we live in a society where we make far too many concessions for other people's shitty behavior Mm -hmm. to the point of a fault. Like it's kind of like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I like that. But if, if, if you, you, you don't have to say somebody's nice either. Mm-hmm. Like I think the key to that statement is don't say anything at all. If someone's not a good person, you don't have to make excuses for their behavior. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to almost um, celebrate that bad behavior. Right, right. You know, you don't have to engage in it. Yeah, so it's, it's funny. I was uh, reminded there was a, an obituary that was posted. Guy, this is, I don't know, a few years back, but the guy was like a real piece of shit. And they pretty much posted the obituary just out of a, this is what you're supposed to do when a guy dies. But they yep. raked him over the coals. And and I, I was just looking it up. And this is one of my favorite quotes from this thing. It says, uh, he leaves behind two relieved children, a son, a daughter, uh, list their names, um, six grandchildren and countless other victims, including an ex-wife, <laughs> relatives, friends, neighbors, nurses, doctors, and random strangers. Yep. <laughs> It's like, I well, mean, it's, you know, okay, let's just tell it like it is, right? It's true, and but that's what people do, right? The person, the person is the asshole. The person's the jerk, and it's like, well, that's just, yeah. that's just, that's just Uncle Joe being Uncle Joe. <laughs> that's just, that's just cousin Jimmy being cousin Jimmy. That's yeah. just Dave being Dave. That's just, that's just Mary being Mary. Right, right. Like, why? No, it's not okay. So to wrap up, don't be scared to hold your boundaries, especially with people in your life that are treating you negatively. Yeah, and and Don't yeah, I, I, we talked about this a little bit earlier too. But like going back to my my days with taekwondo, like we're we're learning how to punch, how to kick, how to hurt people, and we're also learning core values, right? Courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self control, indomitable spirit. And the question is often raised as to why? Why does that stuff matter? And I think it's because the ability to set a boundary has a lot to do with the worth of the person who sets that boundary. If you're willing to walk this earth and say that I have this set of core values, these are things that I truly believe in and that I practice and I preach. And based on these core values, there is a line that I will not cross. It is a lot easier to hold that line if you've identified the reasons why and that you you exemplify what you say you exemplify. If you just pick some random words to say, well, these are my core values, like so many corporations do, but you don't really walk that walk, there's really no boundary there. And so I think it all, the, the, the core values podcast, the haters podcast, the winners and losers podcast, they're all just an example of like how to be a good person. Yep. Being a good person means that you have the ability to set boundaries because that's how you continue to be a good person and don't just become a walking mat. Or, yeah, or getting talked into doing things you don't want to do. There, there's almost like a like a weird dichotomy where where to be a good person means you're going to be a pushover. Right, right, right. Like like you have to take it because you're a good person. Not true at all. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to, and you have every right. Back to the Russell Westbrook thing to go full circle. Someone says something racist or homophobic to you. You have a right to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Again. Be careful how you do it. Check, just check, someone, check your emotions. Check your emotions. And, and you 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 brought this up, right? Just because someone pushes you doesn't mean you can just throw a punch. Right. There's an appropriate way to deal with stuff or a more appropriate way to deal with stuff. Yes. Yes. But you can you can walk away. You could in Russell Westbrook's thing have the fan removed. You could call out his bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Don't lower yourself to their level. 
I mean, there's a there's a there's a saying there. You know, if you roll with the pigs, you're going to get dirty. Yeah. But I get where it comes from. You have every right to hold the boundary and be firm about it. And that doesn't make you an asshole. It doesn't make you a bad guy. I mean, in fact, I, I'll, I'll say it before I'll say it again. I'm on Russ's side for this. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you how I am. I would have been a, done a lot more than get. I would have got fined <laughs> by the NBA because I would have been. You ever see the malice at the palace? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when that guy threw a drink at Ron Artez, I mean, that would have been me. I'm I'm surprised at Russ's restraint. I'm not criticizing. Yeah. I would have been that that Shane guy, and he's from Utah, by the way. Uh-huh. But I would have been in the stands, and security would have had to peel me off his lifeless corpse. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm laughing, kind of. Yeah. That's where I go, but. Like, yeah, there's a real consequence. Keep your hands to yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and don't say shit about me or my family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so this, this has been great. Yeah. Uh, thank you um, for another great podcast, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to learn about Joe, he's a person I look up to um, and, 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 and my partner uh, in work. And uh, if you want to learn about him, go to at Joe underscore Sabula, J-O-E underscore C-E-B-U-L-A. Again, I'm always scared I'm going to get that wrong. Or go to joesabula.com. Uh, you can learn all about him. Me, you can find me at Bobby Maximus or bobbymaximus.com. And uh, we did a shitty job of thanking our sponsors. Uh, but we're going to get it done right now. We would love to thank Lalo Tactical uh, for uh, helping us deliver this podcast to you guys. www.lalo.com for the best in workout shoes and tactical boots and shoes. Use the code Maximus20 to get yourself 20% off. And then Meat Locker, uh, the people that keep us fed. Yes. People that keep us big and strong. And uh, what do they say? Um, there's there's a there's a saying we have back in Canada. A steak a day keeps the doctor away. So eat a steak <laughs> that's every how day. It goes there, yeah. Um, I, I think that's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> go to meatlocker.com. Use the code Maximus for fifteen percent off. You will love it. Uh, we don't promote products that we uh, do not believe in. True fact. Thank you guys. Uh, we will see you next week for another uh, amazing uh, episode of the Maximus Podcast. And remember to subscribe. The last of the real world.